to a brand new episode of Kids Ministry Real Talk. My name is Zach and I am your host and this is the podcast where we talk real ministry for real people. And today we are talking all about more of the large group experience. How are we from our teaching and from our experience communicating and presenting an environment that's awesome for kids to learn, to hear the gospel, and to build relationships. And today, I have my good friend, Katie. Katie mm-hmm. is the program coordinator at Saddleback Church uh, at the Lake Forest campus. Katie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, awesome that we get to chat and uh, learning about Katie's context. You have a lot of kids that you oversee, and that that can be very challenging. A lot of our listeners, um, you know, come from small contexts, but mm-hmm. you know, despite where we all are, what we are just talking about, despite no matter how many kids, we're all trying to create the same thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's an environment where kids can experience uh, the hope we have in Jesus, experience his love, um, have fun doing it, build relationship not only with each other, but with God. So that kind of vertical connection and that horizontal connection. Yeah, I love it. Um, Katie, would you mind just for some of our listeners that don't know you, would you be able to explain a little bit of your context, where you come from, how you got into kids ministry? Yes, I'd love to. Um, So I am a pastor's kid, grew up in the church, have always loved serving in children's ministry. Um, I think seeing um, Jesus through the eyes of kids has just always been um, something that brings me joy and um, brings me excitement in my life. And so um, through kind of journeying and growing and trying to discover God's direction um, for my life, I I realized that he was calling me to um, not only uh, serve um, but to make that my vocational job um, and to uh, become a children's pastor. So I um, started uh, serving and um, interned at Saddleback Church. Um, I learned a lot through that internship and then was able to um, stay on the team um, and work with them and um, create environments for kids to experience Jesus. That's awesome. And so you tell us a little bit about your role right now. You're, you're at Lake Forest and you're doing this role. What does this look like? What is your context right now? Yes. So right now, um, my role is the Lake Forest Program Coordinator. So what I get to do um, each week is I get to take um, the curriculum that our central team creates, um, which is um, their videos, um, Bible stories, uh, lessons, all that. And I take it and I program it into that large group experience. Um, So I'm focusing specifically on when the kids all come and gather together from their smaller groups um, and they come together for worship. So picking um, the set list for songs, training worship leaders, um, whether they're doing motions or playing an instrument and leading um, through vocals. Um, I oversee that. Um, Games, um, the lighting and audio, so any tech volunteers, and then also your onstage host. So that leader who is transitioning between pieces of the large group, um, they're creating the fun and the energy and doing little um, teaching moments. Uh, So the, the weekend large group experience is my context. That's awesome. And you're doing that for, you said three age groups, right? So you got uh, three-year-olds to kindergarten, Mm -hmm. uh, grade one to three and four to six. So right in that, the the whole elementary school age kind of chunk there. 
Uh huh. Absolutely. And so trying to um, every kid developmentally um, is on a different track based on their age. And so really trying to create three unique age groups where possible so that those um, younger kids can really learn um, in the way that fits best for them developmentally. And then the same with elementary, um, a sixth grader is at a different spot than a first grader. So trying to create um, different unique moments for a sixth grader to go deeper, um, but then for a first grader to learn who Jesus is at their level. Yeah, that's so important to have those um, expectations for what you're actually trying to communicate for Mm -hmm. these kids and what are you actually wanting them to take away from the lessons. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is a big production and and you are monitoring lots of different aspects of it. Would you be able to tell us about what are some filters that you're looking for? And for the listeners, for people of all different contexts, when they're creating a large group experience or just a group experience in general, what are some filters that you're trying to look for? Like, I'm trying to make it this. And if Mm -hmm. it's not this, what are those, you know, three or four important things that you're always trying to look for? All right. So um, a couple of my filters is definitely my audience. Who's my audience in this large group experience? Um, And so at a weekend service, my target audience is um, a community kid who might be coming for the first time. I never know when I'm going to have a first time guest or when I'm going to have a kid who comes every weekend. Um, But I want that first time guest to always be um, my target audience that they feel welcome, they feel um, connected with, um, but that they also have fun and want to come back the next week. I want them coming back so that every week they're building that relationship with Jesus. So my community kid, but then also a crowd kid. These are kids who come maybe like once or twice a month. Um, They're still not fully invested, but they're coming more frequently. So I look through that lens. Who is my audience um, as far as um, the type of kid? Um, Then my second filter is still related to audience, but it's more um, the age group of what age group am I trying to hit in this particular service? Um, Who am I trying to engage? engage. Um, And so when I'm uh, programming for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, uh, my target is usually a fifth grade boy. If I can get the fifth grade boy in the room, chances are I'm able to catch everyone else in that room um, as well with the games or the songs um, or whatever it is. Um, so that's those are um, the biggest lenses that I look through. Um, but then I'm also looking through the lens of just relationship. Um, our vision at Saddleback Kids is to connect kids to God and others. And so how, how do I I do that. I do that through um, fun, so games, Um, but then I also do that through um, the connection of um, giving them an opportunity to kind of move around the room, meet someone new, Um, but then also through providing a worship experience where they're um, starting to learn how to sing and praise Jesus. Um, So those would be like my my three, my audience of like the target, the kid, is it a community crowd um, kid um, age? Um, but then also um, relationship. How do I get them in a relationship while they're here? Mm, that's so good. Those those two terms are used. Um, the community kids and the crowd kid are these terms that you use on a kind of day to day basis. Yes. Um, so part of our. Um, 
a vision at Saddleback Kids, part of being a purpose-driven children's ministry is knowing our target audience. And so we have um, the what we call concentric circles. And um, basically, it's um, a way that we move our kids through pathways towards spiritual health. So your first circle is that community kid. And that's a kid who comes maybe on the weekend for the first time. They might come to summer camp, um, our main event, which is Vacation Bible School. They might come to an event. It's the kid who's just getting on our campus for the first time. Once they're there, that community kid, we want to move them into the crowd. We want them coming back a couple more times um, for weekend services. And then from there, um, from the crowd, we move them into the congregation. And this is um, now they're committed to coming. Um, they've probably made a, a decision to follow Jesus with their life. Um, and then from the congregation, we move them into um, the committed. Um, this is the kid who is starting to serve. Um, they're getting plugged into a kid's small group. Um, they maybe have made the decision to now be baptized, so they're committed. Um, and then we have our core. These are um, our kids who are, um, again, serving. They are for sure plugged into kids' small groups. Um, they are inviting friends. And then our last group is our commissioned kid. And this is the kid who is now going out um, into um, the world. And we um, actually take some of our uh, sixth graders when they finish their last year of kids small groups, we take them out on a peace trip, which is our missions trip. And so they're commissioned out into the world. So those are our pathways of what we're trying to do with our different programs. And so once you hit into the congregation on, um, that's kids who are now plugged into kids small group, which is our midweek program. Um, and so, but on the weekend, my target is that, that, community and crowd kid. That's awesome. It's so important to be intentional about who's actually coming to your church mm -hmm. and, and identifying them with what you have is this, who is, you know, Billy who's come in and his mom just dropped him off here for the first time because her friend invited her. What are we going to do with Billy? And it's so great that you've identified that and put a, you know, a, a make-believe kind of person or like yeah. a, a example type person that says, this is how it's going to relate. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is really, you, you said you talk about the, the first time, uh, the community kid mm -hmm. and then the crowd kid. Those were the two that you focused on uh, yeah. when you're thinking about your program. Are you thinking about these other ones as much or how does that come into play when you're working through that stuff? Yeah. Um, so they do come into play. Um, they're not my emphasis, but I think where what is cool about those other um, those other kids that do come on the weekend is in in the large group program. I have always kind of built in an opportunity where um, the kids turn around and there's like a connection question, and so it's like sometimes it's connected to um, the lesson. Like this past weekend, um, we're talking on the fruit of the spirit right now. That's our series, and we were focusing on peace and what it means to have peace in our lives. Um, and so the question was, what do you first think of when you hear the word peace? And just kind of get the kids talking. Um, but sometimes it's something a little bit more silly. Like if you had the choice um, to have the superpower to fly or to uh, read minds, which would you choose? Um, but it's a moment just to get kids connecting and engaging. And the hope in that moment is that those committed and core kids who are coming, um, that they will recognize kids in the space who are maybe kind of looking around, not sure who to talk to, and they're mm. probably there for the first time, that they would go and connect with them. Um, and they would talk with them. And um, 
that's the the big emphasis of what my hope is with those kids and that they will be um, because they're in the committed because they're in the core um, they are going to be a, a kid example of modeling worship of modeling what it's like to learn that other kids can look to so I think um, kids look to their peers um, for approval and so I think a kid who's coming for the first time might look around and if they see kids worshiping um, or they see kids engaging um, they're going to follow that lead an example. But if they see kids not doing that, then they'll tune out too. Um, so that would be the hope of those um, inner circle kids on the weekend. Right. So when you're focusing, when you're, when you're planning the service, mm-hmm. your emphasis is about engaging those kind of first two level of kids. Yeah. And with hopes that these next level kids would kind of actually join alongside mm-hmm. the vision and help you achieve that. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. So kids, you know, this fifth grader boy could actually be discipling mm-hmm. and an active part of what you're you're going along. I yeah. think that's so great. That's not a thing that we normally think about in kids ministry. We just think, how many kids do we have? I need to disciple all these kids, opposed to actually identifying leaders and structuring the program so they can actually be part of the discipleship program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just la- launched a new um, tool that we're trying on the weekends um, called Service Wars, where we're challenging every service during their service um, to just kind of um, live life to the fullest um, and to like engage during program, to invite friends, um, to uh, uh learn the memory verse, to do different things that are a part of the program, um, but to also just show love to their leaders, to um, just different little things of realizing that being a Christ follower is, is a lifestyle. It's in your actions um, and it's in your words, um, but really also um, inviting friends to be a part of it. And so I think that tools like that um, are also for those committed and core kids um, that are coming on the weekend. They're going to be the ones who are more likely to hear from stage, hey, invite a friend next weekend and go out and do it. A first time guest might, because they might have had so much fun that they want to bring a friend the next time. Um, But chances are, um, because it's kind of scary to invite a friend, that those committed and core kids are going to hear that week after week, and they're going to be the ones to then go out and bring a friend. So that's another way that we would try to engage um, a inner circle kid. Um, but it's also mainly just in like what we talked about a minute ago of letting the kids be a part of the discipleship process and for their peers. That's awesome. That's great. It's, it's so important to be intentional. I think that's the biggest challenge is figuring out what's best. And, uh, I would just say encouragement for everyone is just start thinking about where do you want to go? Just dream big, write it down on a piece of paper and say, I would love it if a kid left fifth grade knowing this kind of thing. This, knowing that, you know, having this personal relationship with God or knowing this about God. And that's, I think, sometimes the hardest part is is in kids' ministry is we don't know what's right. Like, is this appropriate for a fifth grader? Is this appropriate for a third grader? Um, but just start. Do you have any resources or any... Um, suggestions for people trying to start this, uh, you know, roadmap picture, uh, how would they get started? 
Yeah. Great question. Um, I like what you said of write it down, just start dreaming big, write it down, make some goals for yourself. Um, but some resources, um, that you could go to, um, our global children's pastor, um, at Saddleback kids, uh, Steve Adams just released uh, last summer, a book called children's ministry on purpose. Mm-hmm. And he actually kind of walks, um, a children's, uh, pastor or any, anyone really, um, walks them through how to um, make those goals for yourself, how to um, get your mission and your vision. Um, because once you have your, your mission and your vision, um, then you can um, implement it. And that kind of is the, the guides, the, um, the road, like the railings on your road, so to speak, that help you along your journey of moving kids towards spiritual health. Um, so that's a great resource. It's a great book. Um, and then also, um, if you're looking for resources, um, Saddleback Kids has um, a storefront. It's store.saddlebackkids.com that has curriculum, crafts, um, all that good stuff. We also have a YouTube channel um, that is um, filled with our Bible store animations and worship videos. Um, but there's some other resources out there that we've used too, um, that I've used to to learn and um, to get ideas on how to program um, by learning from other churches. Uh, Life Church, um, they have a website called open.lifechurch and all of their curriculum on there is for free. And so I've been able to learn how to um, put together a program based on their large group overviews that I read through and looked at. Um, so that's another great resource that I would say. Um, but just I, I'd say start dreaming and just start writing it down um, and then see where, where God takes you with it. That's awesome. Um, moving, moving on a bit, would like to hear a little bit more of your experience, Katie, is, is what are some challenges that you've really faced, maybe even over the past year or so? Um, what has kind of been the, the thing that keeps you up at night dreaming? Um, any challenges over the past year? Yeah, um, I think one challenge, and this is one that I think we all relate on, is um, finding leaders, mm-hmm. um, finding the right leader to fill the role, um, because um, life is busy, um, and so it's hard for people to add one more thing, one more commitment, when they're already um, working uh, five, six days a week, when they're already taking kids to sporting events, when they're already doing so many things. So definitely finding leaders, that's um, a challenge challenge that I faced. And so for me, focusing mainly on large group, I'm looking for leaders who, who want to be up on stage and, um, they want to have a lot of energy. I'm looking for leaders who like technology. So to be back in the soundboard, uh, I'm looking for leaders who want to lead worship, whether it's through singing or dancing. And so I'm looking for uh, people who are passionate about those things and not everyone views themselves as someone who wants to get up on stage. Um, and, uh, cause that can be scary. And so I think leaders, that's one thing that I'm always praying over God, um, bring me the right leader who's going to get up on stage and share, um, the message to your kids, um, on the weekends. Um, but then another one I think is, um, is staying relevant um, for our kids um, with what kids have access to now. Um, I all of our kids have iPhones now. I didn't have an iPhone till college, <laughs> and they all have um, just this instant access to incredible technology, very highly produced um, videos or experiences. Um, uh, 
And so, but then also they're busy too. And so they're going to sporting events and there's other things out there that they would rather be a part of than coming to church on the weekends. Um, and so finding ways that, um, will engage them and, um, capture their hearts for Jesus, um, that's relevant and it's teaching it in a way where that's also developmentally, that's another, um, challenge that I would say I've faced. (laughs) Those are two huge ones. And the first one, which I think all of our listeners will want to talk about, because we've talked about this on the podcast, leaders, how do you get more leaders? Uh, we have one episode just here called How Do You Get More Leaders? And it's the most listened to one, because that's obviously important. Yeah. And one thing that I usually talk about is there's getting leaders, but there's um, recruiting reader, leaders. And then there's also the retention of leaders. And I think that's one thing that we think as soon as you're signed up, as soon as you've served one time, you're in and then I stop focusing on you and I start looking for more people. But I think if we did a better job um, retaining our leaders, we would be um, a lot better at care. Um, Would you mind walking us through what is like your onboarding process? Let's say someone comes to you or signs up online or however they do it. What do you do with that person? How do you train them? How do you onboard them? What's the steps? Yes. Okay. So um, a new leader looking to serve in Saddleback Kids, um, their first step is they're going to attend a new leader orientation where they're going to um, hear the vision and the mission um, of Saddleback Kids. Um, they're going to hear about those concentric circles that I talked about and hear about our intentional process, our intentional pathways uh, of moving kids. They're going to hear um, about uh, different types of le- leaders that we have. We have leaders um, who are uh, meters and greeters. Um, We have uh, leaders who um, serve in different age groups. They're going to learn about all of the serving opportunities. Um, So that's their first step. At that, um, they're going to have an opportunity to fill out a um, leader application that lets us get to know them. It gives us some references that we can call um, because our our number one value in Saddleback Kids is safety and security. So we're background checking, fingerprinting, um, reference checking all of our leaders um, who come to Saddleback Kids. And so they're going to fill that out. And then from that orientation, a staff member will reach out to them. So based on um, where they want to serve, if they want to serve on the weekend or they want to serve in kids' small groups, which is our midweek discipleship program, or they want to serve um, in worship on the tech team, like what I work with, whatever area they say that they're interested in serving in, um, they're going to get a call from a staff member um, who's going to set up a time to, to meet with them and hear their story, hear why they want to serve, um, ask them questions, give them information on what expectations of serving are and start that training process. So we have um, a very specific safety and security training that we walk them through. Um, We have an age group specific training that we'll walk them through. Um, And then they will also have the opportunity to observe um, on in a classroom before they start serving to kind of get trained on the job, so to speak. Um, and then um, they start serving once all their references and all those steps are completed. So, yep. Wow. So they come to an orientation, mm-hmm. then they fill out a form, then they get reference checked, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the criminal record check, uh, fingerprints, yeah. then they come to two trainings, right? You said a general training, the age-specific training? Um, yes. So the general training, safety and security training and the age um, specific training, um, but the age specific training happens on the weekend while they are observing and learning. Right. 
um, for the first time. So you got five touch points with a person before Mm -hmm. they even serving for the first time. And then once they serve, and then once they're serving, Mm -hmm. I serve the first time. What other connection points are you going to have with me um, throughout the next couple months? Yes. So um, we do a weekly connection point with all of our leaders. Um, and this is through email, um, text message or phone call. It depends on um, on the leader and what we're helping them prepare for. And so that um, touch point um, uh, if, for example, through an email, we'll have like an encouragement. This is my prayer over you this week, my encouragement for you. And then it has everything that they need to prepare for to teach and lead that weekend. Um, the second touch point again happens weekly. Um, and it's called pregame. It's, um, 30 minutes before their serving hour. And it's where your whole team gathers together. Um, and we pray together. We talk about anything we might need to know, any changes, adaptations to the lesson. Um, and there's some snacks. So we kind of eat together, pray, and then we go out and we serve. Um, Those are weekly touch points. Um, And then um, speaking just about me personally, um, other touch points that I'll do is um, I do like prayer requests the beginning of every month. And I ask my leaders to let me know how I can specifically be praying for them. And then as I'm praying through those every week, um, I'll check in especially when I see something specific. Hey, how is this going? How is that job search going? How is um, your grandmother from her surgery? Whatever it might be, um, I'll try to do a touch point. Most of my leaders are students. So that's through text message because that's how they communicate best. Um, And then we also do a yearly connection with our leaders. um, And it's an event um, called Summit. um, And basically we gather as a whole team um, uh, for Lake Forest, but our other campuses come too, our leaders from um, our other regional campuses. And um, we kind of just eat food together. We celebrate, might play some fun games. Um, and then Pastor Steve, our global children's pastor, um, he shares an encouraging message for the upcoming year. Um, and so that's another way um, for touch points. And then as much as we can, um, we try to do um, tr- specific trainings just throughout the year as you're serving the month in, month out. Um, if something comes up, we'll, we'll do a training. And a lot of time that's over um, email, like a video link. Hey, check out this video of how you could um, lead this story this weekend or whatever. So, Right. That's awesome. I think that is a good attitude. Like your leaders, Katie, they come and they feel like they have a relationship with you. They know that, you know, what is going on that that pregame, I love that you call it a pregame. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've heard lots of terminology, pre-service meeting, you know, beforehand me, whatever. But pregame is great because that's also like a rally cry. Mm-hmm. People are coming in, what you said, they work all this job, they got, they had, they came here, whatever went on. But now you get in the mindset of this is what's going on. And I think that's also a vision piece to say, mm-hmm. remember what we're doing here. Remember yes. what we're trying to do in the next hour, two mm-hmm. hours, whatever it is. We're going to try and achieve this and then eat, pray, rally, and here we go. That's yeah. really going to be effective to, mm-hmm. you know, in the service when they see that kid who needs that little attention, they're going to be aware of that thing. They're not going to be thinking about what's going on in their, their background or mm-hmm. what happened before the service. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love the touch points, the Mm -hmm. uh, weekly. So that's two weekly touch points plus Mm -hmm. ongoing relationship with you 
Mm-hmm. And then you have regular, maybe like quarterly or biannually trainings. Yes. And and the video too is a great resource because how hard is it to plan a get together <laughs> with lots of people? You know, so hard, all the schedules. <laughs> it's like you you're never gonna get hundred percent of your people, mm-hmm. uh, but you can get a hundred percent of your people to watch a video. Yeah. And and that's a great way to train them and also mm-hmm. feel like they're connected to you in a way. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah, that's all gold right there about how we can actually keep relationship. I think what the heart of all that you what you're saying is relationship mm-hmm. and connecting and and it's their discipleship walk too, is what we yeah. remember. It's not just about the kids. It's about our volunteers, mm-hmm. our leaders, and they got things going on, praying for them. So that's great. Yeah. Um, the next thing that you said, the challenge of being staying relevant, and yeah. this is a huge topic, which I think we'll probably be talking about for the next 10, 15 years, probably ever, but yes. <laughs> it feels like it's really hot right now. How has been some not even maybe specific, but general ways that you and your team have been processing this stuff. How are you kind of approaching it? How are you talking about it? How are you talking about with the kids? Yeah, um, it's definitely a conversation. And so um, I try to as much as I can on the weekends, just be in conversation with kids. And I think um, kids like to talk. And so if you just simply start, how was your week? What's new? Um, But then if you start getting a little bit more specific, um, and asking like, Oh, well, have you seen any movies lately? Have you like, what do you like to do after school? What kind of sports are you involved in? Um, The conversation just kind of like rolls from there. And so they'll get talking. Um, Um, I don't know um, if it's popular anywhere else, but the kids are all obsessed with this game right now called Fortnite. And, um, but they're mainly obsessed with how there's like dance moves in in Fortnite. And so um, a lot of times I'll just be like, hey, what's going on? And they'll literally just start going, oh, one Fortnite, I got to this next. And they'll literally just spiral out and then they'll be like, oh, let me show you the new dance move I learned too. And so conversation is the easiest way for me to kind of learn um, the heartbeat of like what it is that they are um, connected to, what they're investing their time in. Um, And then obviously looking from that, I'm not going to turn a service into like a time to play Fortnite, but realizing that they're into dance moves. So how can we like maybe make a game where um, they are um, having to do like a dance battle and show their best dance moves? So it's like taking what it is that they're, they seem to be passionate about and finding a way to still um, bring that in, but where the focus isn't on the game Fortnite, but the focus is on let's build relationship and have fun that then because once a kid trusts you and has a relationship with you, they're more likely to want to then learn about this guy, Jesus, that you have a relationship with. Um, so that's, um, one way I personally do it. And then as far as just as a team, it's just an, always a conversation sharing what maybe we've both learned to, um, with each other, um, and just talking about it. How is this going? Kind of keeping a pulse on, um, what we're doing and just, um, getting feedback also from our leaders. Our leaders are the ones, um, that are in the classrooms with the kids every single weekend. Um, and so asking the leaders, how did they respond to this, um, this, craft this weekend was it engaging or how they respond to this game and the leaders will give the pulse and then you can know okay well that I guess I wasn't as relevant as I could have been with that particular activity so then maybe then ask what would you say we could have done better asking a leader um, and then that gives the leader also ownership too and brings them a part of um, the process since they're the ones implementing it 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's the heart of all of it. You know, we see that in Jesus' discipleship is relationship. And that's kind of what you described just there is no matter how many kids there are, it's about one leader and one kid having a conversation and talking about what is actually going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing way to just summarize it. It's like, we need to just have relationships with kids and yeah. be there for them week in and week out. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything that you want to leave people with? Um, any resources or um, maybe ways if they, if you want to get more Katie, more resources, <laughs> or Saddleback or anything like that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I love talking children's ministry. So first, thank you for uh, letting me be a part of the conversation today. Um, and I'd love to connect with whoever is maybe listening and wants to learn more of my story or what I do or ask um, more specific questions on, on how I, I program out. Um, so you can definitely um, connect with me via email. My email is kdc at saddleback.com. Um, or I'm on Instagram. Um, it's kt cummins. Um, and so you can find me there. Um, but I'd love to connect with anyone. Um, but then again, I think a great resource is just to give you ideas are some of the ones I mentioned earlier. Um, so our YouTube page, just Saddleback Kids um, on YouTube, and you'll find a plethora of just fun videos um, that might spark ideas um, on what you could do, what you could be using. Um, And then we have a storefront too. Um, But then also you can check out our website, saddlebackkids.com and just see um, what we have on there, what we have going on. we have some new original songs that just came out this past summer that I had um, the privilege of, of writing and being a part of that process. And so those are a free download on saddlebackkids.com um, that you guys can use for your children's ministry. Um, and then um, that book that I mentioned earlier, Children's Ministry on Purpose by Steve Adams is also another great resource, but, um, just encouragement. Uh, thank you to everyone for what you're doing. Um, you're making a huge impact in these kids' lives. Um, and they are blessed, um, to have you. And I feel blessed to be on a team with you. Um, because no matter where, um, you are listening, uh, we're on a team together and I feel privileged to be on it with all of you. So thank you. Awesome. What an amazing encouragement to end with. We're going to link all those resources that you mentioned in our show notes. Uh, Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show. And thank you everyone for listening. And I want to encourage you to tune in next week for more Kids Ministry Real Talk. The God who came to save me from my sin became a man. He lived a life I could not live and died as heaven's land.